<laughs> Welcome to episode six of the Mind Hub podcast with your hosts, Cody and Dee. And this week we are going to be talking about plateaus. But first I wanted to thank everyone who has listened to us and who has left a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you haven't done that and you want to, um, that's kind of how we get our podcast out there. So that would be great. Um, but on to the topic of how to break through your weight loss plateau. Yes, fun topics. I know that this is pretty common, and this is the spot where people get discouraged, stuck, and have a tendency to feel like they're all the hard work that they've done is no longer working, and everything else is void, and then they give up, which doesn't have to happen. Uh, plateaus are not an end point. It just is the trigger for knowing when you need to pivot. And the biggest question, I guess, would be how do you pivot? How do you keep progressing forward and not get so frustrated that you give up? So, D, <laughs> do you have a personal experience with plateau? So, first, I want to say, like, I think a lot of people will definitely hit a plateau. And if you didn't, then you are very, very lucky <laughs> um, because especially if you were bigger and in the beginning, it's very easy to lose weight. I was 360 pounds and the first, probably the first like 60 or 70 pounds was fairly easy to lose. Uh, and that was because it's, it's easier to lose weight when you weigh a lot. Um, but you will definitely hit a plateau. Um, I think I hit my plateau. I can't remember exactly when, but I have probably had a few of them. And the reasons I think I, I've had them, they were stress, they were brought on by stress, lack of sleep, lack of tracking my food adequately, um, because you might think that you're at a plateau, but you're probably not tracking as well as you should be, at least with my experience. Um, and, and for me, like just getting through them, just talking to people, um, really dialing down on your, on your workouts and your nutrition, um, definitely helped me in the beginning of trying to get figure out why I hit a plateau. For sure. I think there's definitely a... People tend to get a little bit more loose with their food tracking and consume more calories than they think that they are. So that could be problem number one. But also you're not going to continue to lose weight at the same rate the smaller you get. So a uh, plateau could mean that you just need to change up some things. It's not that you're doing anything wrong. You might have to, if you're going for weight loss, you might need to lower your calories. If you're going to, you want to build muscle, you might have to raise your calories. And, or the, the situation could also depend on your personal preference. If you are somebody who's like, oh, I'm a, I'm at a plateau, I need to lose weight still, you could do a few things. If you don't want to lower your calories, you can up your activity level as your first step. However, you can only up that so much before you're running out of time in the day to move. So <laughs> that's one step that you could take forward. But at some point, you might also need to lower your calories because, you know, the the less you weigh, the less energy you are going to expend and you just need to keep consuming less. Um, the more muscle that you have, the higher your metabolism tends to be as well. So there is a little bit of body recompositioning that could go on. I'm starting to ramble and go off on to weight other topics at the same time so <laughs> but here so it's like 
make sure you're tracking appropriately. Uh, make sure that you know which direction that you need to pivot in order to keep making progress and don't see it as a dead end would be my biggest uh, tip. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know in the beginning of mine, I, I was very discouraged. I was like, I'm not going to lose weight anymore, you know, but then like, like what you said, like looking online for tips and just trying to really dial down, I think helped me. And especially now too, um, we just lowered my calories for summer shredding prep to mm -hmm. 1700. This is the third time we lowered my calories because I think I started at 2100 and then we went to 1800 and then now we're at 1700 because I'm getting smaller. So I need to eat less in order to keep up with losing weight. Uh, and I think another thing Another tip that has helped me, especially recently, is looking at the quality of foods you're eating. Like I was eating within my calorie range, but I was eating more processed carbs than I should have been. I was still tracking them adequately, but the way your body responds to different foods could also um, make you hit a plateau, especially if you're eating a lot of processed things, a lot of sugar, a lot of sodium, um, different things like that. Yeah, and it's, you know, at the end of the day, energy balance is going to be king when it comes to weight loss. So there's like calories in, calories out, but your health is also going to matter. And there's a lot that goes into uh, your, your hormones and what you're eating and how it regulates your body. It could affect your sleep. It can affect your energy levels. So technically, you know, it might not be oh, the 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 food I'm eating, like a, a Pop-Tart's 150 calories, and then this um, sweet potato is 150 calories. One over the other is not going to make you lose weight more, but one's going to give you more nutrients. It's going to nourish your body more, and it's going to help you feel more energetic and not weigh you down or cause possible hormone shifts where you're just like feeling shitty kind of thing. Um, so it's really a matter of just knowing how food can affect how you feel, affect your performance and all that fun stuff. I tend to try to also stay away from processed foods because they can be a trigger into eating more and having those days where you kind of just go crazy because they are literally designed to make you want to keep eating them. So everyone has those moments where you just feel like you lose control and you're like, fuck it, I'm going for it. So another possible reason you're plateauing is that you might be on track five days out of the week, but then the weekend rolls around and you're like, you get in that fuck it moment and you don't track and you just eat everything. And it might only seem like a, a momentary, like small little thing. But if you're doing that on a regular basis, every weekend, or even if it's uh, every other weekend, that will definitely slow down your weight loss. And it tends to be overlooked because people don't want to acknowledge those moments and just be like, whoops, that didn't happen. Or they beat themselves up and they quit. Uh, so definitely self-awareness in how much you're actually eating every single day, not just during the week. That would be, yeah. What do you think, D? <laughs> no, that has definitely been my issue prior to, to starting summer shredding. I was, I would do great mostly um, during, during the work week. And then on the weekends, I would just not like binge, but I would have a lot of things that I shouldn't have. Um, another 
problem that I think I hit plateaus was I was eating out a lot more. Um, I wasn't eating like really crappy foods, but I was still eating out. And you can't really track like what you eat when you're eating out unless you're like getting plain chicken breast and plain veggies. Like that's pretty <laughs> easy to track. But if, yeah. if you're getting like pasta and like chicken and like pizza, like you can't really like you can try to track those, but you can't like track those like perfectly. Um, so I actually haven't eaten out. I think I, I normally, I used to get Chipotle like once once or twice, like every other week, but now like I haven't in a while. And it, it just, unless you have to, like it definitely helps the prog- your progress if you don't eat out that much. Of course yeah. you can treat yourself and you can have like, you like sushi. Um, I like, you know, French fries and burgers and things like that. Um, so you can have your treats. You just don't want to have them very often where you're like, okay, screw it. I'm just going to eat whatever I want (laughs) because like, I definitely have foods that trigger me like anything sweet, like cookies, like do not bring a donut in front of me. (laughs) (laughs) Like that is not okay. I mean, I'd probably be okay right now, but like if I was really weak and like it's a week before showtime and someone brings a donut to me, like that's not, it's not going to be a thing. So definitely try to figure out your trigger foods. Um, and that can be hard, especially if you have a lot of them, like, like any sweet, any sweets, like fried foods are mine. So like, if my partner has like a burger or French fries, like, it's kind of triggering, but I've learned that that like that, that that's not my like most triggering food sweets is so trying to like gauge like, what might trigger you or try to gauge like what you're eating and kind of try to control because it's all about mindset, right? So if you are going to eat out, try to eat something a little bit more healthy and get things on the side. Like now I'm venturing off into like tips, but you know, if you're (laughs) getting a salad, like get your um, dressing on the side or get croutons on the side, like try to like, you know, it's okay to ask for those things at a restaurant. And I know that some people are scared to do that, but but you can ask for no sauce. You can ask for plain chicken grilled without any oils or, or anything like that. Sorry yeah. for my rant. No, by all means, go for it. I do plenty of those. So <laughs> I need to, you know, you need to have the rant mic more often. Uh, so yeah, I completely agree with the, the eating out aspect because... Even if you go to Chipotle and, you know, my fitness pal has the whole Chipotle menu just already integrated in there. It's so easy. But unfortunately, you don't actually know the serving size you're getting because it could depend who's working. If the person has a heavy hand, uh, you know, it could be the, the rice could be like a cup, but they might it might be a cup and a half like you could. If every portion that they give you of whatever you're getting is even just a little bit over, that adds up. So if you're trying to be exact or you eat out a lot and you're not seeing the progress that you want to see, but you feel like you are tracking sufficiently or the calories in your MyFitnessPal, like those calories, if they were real, you should be losing weight, but you're not. Uh, It definitely is worth taking a look at your eating out habits. And something that I thought about doing was going to Chipotle one day and just getting my usual and then coming home and weighing it out to see how much or how aligned it actually was with the nutrition facts just for 
informational purposes, not to be like anal and disordered in my eating, but just for like a video to show how off it can actually be in calculations just to make people more aware of, you know, it's not, it's not you, your body's not broken. There's probably just these outside factors that you can adjust and it'll save you more frustration uh, in the long run if you realize, oh, I'm just eating too much rather than like my metabolism is broken. I don't know what to do. I'm never going to lose weight <laughs> again. It's like, there's always something, there's always a reason. It's just a matter of figuring it out. It might take a little extra analyzation. It might take a little extra time and nitpicky things, but there's always a reason. I know that I used to think that my that my metabolism was terrible, and it probably was, but now I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, like maybe it's not as bad as I thought it was <laughs> because like I'm actually like losing weight. Like did I ever think I would get to the weight that I am now? No, but like again, if you really try hard and you're determined and you want to reach your goals, you can definitely get there. Um, and if you hit a plateau, it's not the end of the world. Like we always say, make sure you track your progress other than the scale, right? Mm -hmm. So like take pictures, you know, you can definitely use a scale, like, you know, take measurements, like you, just because you hit a plateau doesn't mean you you are not making progress because you can still be making progress. Everyone says that muscle weighs more than fat, you know? So it's like, okay, like, I don't really necessarily believe that. Like if I, when I go back to the gym, am I going to gain weight because I'm like lifting heavier? I, I don't know. You know, um, you probably know more than I do, but like when people <laughs> say muscle weighs more than fat, when I say, Oh, I gained a couple pounds, they're like, Oh, it's muscle. I'm like, it's probably not all muscle. <laughs> so, yeah. So technically yes. But at the same time, if you, uh, you can only gain so much muscle at once. So let's say it's been a week at the gym and then you gain two pounds, it's not going to be all muscle. <laughs> uh, it could be a muscle and some water and some fat if, you know, you're not watching things too, too carefully. But at the same time, that's why when you bulk, chances are you're going to be also putting on body fat because you can't really deter, like you can't tell your body, you should only put muscle on. I'm only wanting muscle. <laughs> you can't put fat, like it just doesn't work that way in the same way that you cannot spot reduce. You cannot tell your body, we're only building muscle right now. I'm in a calorie surplus, but please don't store that as fat. Just, you know, muscle it up for me. <laughs> cool. Thanks. Uh, so it's, it's complicated because in the instance of, say, I get a new client, someone brand new, has never worked out before. They don't really have weight to lose, maybe a little bit, uh, but they want to build muscle. I, if they want to, so they want to build muscle but lean out, I will not put them in a calorie deficit because I would work more on body recomposition. So this is a lot more easily doable with someone who is new to lifting because they could be in maintenance calories, build muscle, and lose fat at the same time. That's such a controversial thing, but. It's a thing, I swear to God. Um, so it's, of course, if you're new, that's way easier. For someone like me, it's not as, as easy. If you're more advanced in lifting, you can, you know, lean bulk, which I tend to, to do, uh, but you're gonna put on on fat in a surplus. It's just even if it's a small amount, it, it's gonna happen. Um, and at the same point, there's people who are like, might want to lose weight, 
but they don't see the scale go down, but they're also working out at the same time. And then they take their progress pictures and they look so much smaller because it's like, yes, that muscle is basically taking place of the fat because muscle is takes up less space, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So for me, for example, I weigh anywhere between 140 to 145. I'm five foot three. And there's a lot of people who are just like, how do you, like, you weigh more than me. And I'm like, yeah, I know. (laughs) So it's like, technically I'm overweight, uh, but it's, you know, the muscle that keeps my my weight up there uh so it's just you got to take into account muscle lean mass muscle mass and that's really hard to calculate you got those scales or whatever uh but they're not accurate they're just it really depends on your hydration so i wouldn't be like oh yeah get one of those scales where it tells you your body fat but progress pictures are going to be huge for you if you're one of those persons who's like I really wanted to to lose fat. The scale isn't going down, but my clothes are fitting better. What is happening? It's like you're just going through a body recomposition phase. It's what you want, trust me. And once you get through that phase, the weight loss should follow. Uh, We probably would lower calories at some point after the body recomposition, but it just shows how complicated the body can be (laughs) and just these little tweaks little pivots that you can do everything you can take into account and every little piece that you want to make sure that you uh, pinpoint as far as progress you know like clothes fit better uh progress pictures wow i look different uh so the, the number on the scale is a tool of course but uh it's such a small portion of the equation of everything. So I just went on a bit of a rant now. No, I I, want to go back to something you said. You are considered overweight. Like Mm -hmm. that is crazy. That's why I don't believe in like the BM, like, yeah, you can use BMI as a tool, but Mm -hmm. like you see these bodybuilders who are like Chris, Chris Bumstead, he's like 235, 240 pounds. He's probably considered obese. He is not obese. So like, just to go on to a different topic, like, I just, I think it's bullshit. Like, the BMI, like, you can use that as a tool, but do not follow that. Like, yeah, like, there's pro sure. bodybuilders who, like I said, are 240, 250 pounds, and they are not fat. <laughs> For sure. And that's where the BMI scale can be very misleading. The only credit that I would give to it would be that I think there comes a point where even a large amount of muscle mass putting you into the category of obese is still not going to be healthy for you because your your heart is still having to work harder than if you were at a lower weight. So although it might not be fat that is pushing you over the edge into the obese category and it's muscle, so it's like a little a little better obviously. However, I wouldn't say that would still be a, a healthy category to be in. Uh, being on the verge or you know slightly into the overweight category with muscle, I don't feel like is an issue. You know, just like everything, like who who creates these scales to say what is overweight and and not overweight? One difference, like I think I think one forty five would be the cutoff for this person. Just yeah, just saying. So 
I wouldn't weigh a whole lot into that for sure. Uh, but obviously, I feel like an extreme to any extent is probably not going to be the most, most healthy way to do it. And obviously, you need steroids to be obese in a muscular way. <laughs> yeah, I know. And like, be- before like I got into bodybuilding, I was like, oh, this person's not on steroids. Oh, I guess they are. <laughs> like, I'm very oblivious to people on steroids. I'm just like, oh, like, they look good. They work, like, I mean, <laughs> you know, like, it's just crazy, like. Yeah. There are those freaks of nature, though, that, like, Jeff Nippard. Uh, oh, yeah. Definitely, I would. Yeah, he's just, he's got a crazy physique for a natural guy. Yeah, he does. Um, And I I don't even think, like, when I look at people, I'm like, oh, they're probably on steroids. Because, like, (laughs) now it's like, I I can't tell. Uh, And then, like, people could say we are on steroids. Because technically, if you want to get technical, I mean, I guess... (laughs) Yeah, I, are we going to touch on that topic? And it's like we could go so deep into there. Um, <laughs> so it's like technically, yes, we are taking a very popular bodybuilding steroid, uh, testosterone sipinate. Is that how you say it? Uh, I think yes. Yeah. Sipinate. The difference is that we're not taking it in like five times the amount uh, that like cis bodybuilder dudes take it. Uh, we are at just you know, low-level, average male testosterone levels because we don't produce it ourselves. So that's the difference. And any sort of, like, muscle we build isn't because we're on steroids. It's like it, it we're just, you know, it, it's the male steroid that we need to take. And obviously we have male physiques because we are on male hormones. <laughs> it's nothing crazy. Like- I think it was crazy because you told me you can't you can't um, do a regular bodybuilding show because you normally like you get te- like a pro show because they would test you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just feel like there should be some rules within there. Like, yeah, like you're trans, so you need this to like, you know, live. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I just feel like it's not fair in that aspect. Like you should be able to compete with natural bodybuilders because technically you are a natural bodybuilder. Yeah, that's it's such a slippery slope. Uh, to be quite honest, I can kind of understand why they just don't even want to entertain the idea of allowing that because the way that they well, there's a, there's a couple reasons I can understand. The way that they test, they're just testing your urine for substances, so they're not checking your testosterone levels. Uh, so a trans dude could very easily still abuse testosterone and get away with basically not being uh, averagely natural. Uh, And also when cis males compete in bodybuilding, they have to take into consideration the fluctuations of their own hormones. So when they're in a very large calorie deficit, their body fat is like 5%, their testosterone levels take a dive so they lose their sex drive and they have problems sleeping and they're just lethargic and they're just trying to push through but as trans men we get to control that we don't have to deal with that dip in our testosterone levels due to low body fat because we have an outside 
factor. We just inject ourselves with the same amount, the same consistent amount every week. So we wouldn't have to take that into consideration. So I can see a little bit how that might be considered a bit unfair. Um, that being said, it sucks uh, that the option for trans men would be to competing in open categories where all of the men take <laughs> steroids. So it's like you either just become okay with not ever being close to winning ever <laughs> and still compete for your own sake, or you also take steroids in order to actually be able to, you know, compete and be up with the rest of them. I just think that's just so interesting. Like, yeah. that's crazy. I, I was very naive in the beginning, and I thought that if you did a show, you had to be natural because I thought that they regulated every single, like, most of the shows. But, like, they don't regulate Mr. Olympia. Like, mm. people can't get to that weight, can't can't do that naturally. And I just, I think, like, this whole body, it, like, it's so crazy. Like, it's everything is so different. Like, when you learn about bodybuilding and and then you learn about, like, Mr. Olympia, and then you learn about the different classes. It's like, it's just insane, and they're all different. Yeah, like they're not the same. Their training is different. Like it's just. It's crazy. Yeah, and I live in Sac or near Sacramento, which is actually a pretty big mecca for natural bodybuilding. There's some pretty big shows in Sacramento, and basically the re the I started being able to tell the difference because like all the natural bodybuilders I follow. <laughs> When they start cutting for a show or when they're, like, two days out, they just look, like, <laughs> if they are wearing clothes, they hardly look like they lift. They get so small <laughs> in comparison to, like, they look great, like, naked or whatever because you can see everything. But it's insane how much um, they shrink down after they, they diet down, whereas someone who's, like, on uh, some sort of performance enhancing drug where they can kind of preserve as much muscle as possible so of course you know they shrink a little they get they get leaner but it's nowhere as close to the natural guys and they aren't going through the same testosterone dips so yeah it's a it's a crazy observation for sure yeah i mean i just i just think it's very it, it's definitely interesting yeah. to like learn about like the different you know because bodybuilding is a sport and it's just mm -hmm. it's crazy to like I like pretty much learned everything on my own so like coming from that and like looking at YouTube and you know the different people who compete and like learning posing and it's just I just think it, it's pretty cool to learn about yeah and I think I actually appreciate it a bit more now because I feel like more people are talking about it so you can actually learn a lot about it. And, well, obviously you can, there's a lot of people who do Natty or Not videos now, so <laughs> they can talk about things. And the people who do that are usually open about their use. But uh, I don't know. I think it's just kind of good that they're able to talk about it instead of just denying it. Some people do, but, like, some people are just, like, what a, duh like of course i use steroids <laughs> i compete in like high level bodybuilding what do you expect and so. and there's nothing wrong with them using steroids because people like in the beginning i thought that if you were on steroids like 
you didn't really work that hard. And I didn't know. But now I know, like, if you're on steroids, you still have to work just as hard as the person who's natural. Like, you have to work maybe even, like, a little bit harder. You can just keep your muscle, like, longer. Like, you still have to work out. You still have to do cardio. You still have to lift. Like, you still have to be in a calorie deficit. Like, it's not this end-all, be-all, like, magical drug that they don't have to go through that. Like, they still have to go through all that stuff. Yeah, for sure. And just like, you know, it's funny, people think that detox teas are going to help them. It's like, fuck, you know, like, the craziest steroids aren't going to help you (laughs) in the way that you think that detox tea is going to help you. And it's like steroids, yes, they do give you an advantage. But the thing is, like, everyone has a genetic limit, right? So basically, steroids just allow you to go past that genetic limit, because you can only go so far with your natural hormones uh so a lot of people i feel like they probably just go at it natural up until the point where they they hit a plateau hey full circle and then they (laughs) start you know they make the decision do i want to go further do i want to see what my body can do outside of my genetic limit and that's kind of how it starts. A lot of people do uh, compete naturally first, and then they decide they want to take it to the next level. And I am by no means saying that you should do this. I am just saying <laughs> that, um, yeah, like I'm not anti-steroid. It's always a personal choice. And if you are a competitive bodybuilder, like that's probably a, a decision you're going to have to entertain. If, I don't know if we have any competitive bodybuilders listening. Probably not. <laughs> but if you want to get serious about it, uh, it's it's definitely something that's going to probably come across your mind. I like how you went full circle back to plateau, though. <laughs> <laughs> so you hit a plateau, and then you do steroids. Yep, yep that's what I'm telling you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man this is no, but... exactly you know what my advice would be for everybody so i'm just kidding please don't do that <laughs> no yeah don't um but but getting back on the on the topic of plateau since we kind of went off a little bit uh yeah, sorry no no both of us i did it too <laughs> that's just what we do um Definitely getting adequate sleep, like making sleep is one of the most important things for weight loss or muscle gain or anything like that. You want to at least get, I try to at least get between like six and eight hours, seven is like, you know, in the middle that I try to get. And there's a whole bunch of studies saying that like less than five, like, you know, you know, your your body, everybody's, everybody and everybody is different. Um, But sleep is definitely one of the most important things, stress. So if if you have a lot of stress and your scale's going up and it's not going down like the way you want, that could also be a factor into it. So sleep, stress, like tracking your macros, um, making sure you are actually tracking everything that you put into your mouth, because that could be a reason, you know, making sure that, you know, you are changing up your workouts, like you can do the same thing over and over and over again. But like, again, your body is gonna eventually get used to that. So you want to switch it up just a little bit. Um, Because I know when I was doing the same program for like three or four months, my body was like, no, like, I'm bored. (laughs) And I was bored too. So you want to try to keep things fresh. Um, Those are the kind of tips that like, you know, coming full circle that I have. Yeah, and to touch, I, I kind of might not have touched on this enough, but to come from the side of trying to build muscle 
and hitting a plateau from personal experience a little bit. So you, uh, in order to kind of push through a plateau of building muscle, first of all, you always want to make sure that you are progressively overloading your muscle. And that means you can do a few things, which is you can be lifting more weight. You could be lifting the same weight, but doing more reps or more sets. Uh, you could be doing a movement with better form, uh, just so you make sure that you are making progress. Keep adding on more weight, because if you don't, if you just stay at the same weight the whole time, you are not going to grow. You have to stimulate your muscle in order for it to be like, oh, okay, yeah, we need to get stronger. This is heavier. <laughs> so if you don't do that, you're not going to grow, but also you need to make sure that you are in a surplus or else you're, you're still not going to, to grow because your body needs calories to recover and to repair the muscle that you've broken down in your workouts. And if you're feeling weak, you're not repairing that properly, you're not going to get the results you want. And also, yes, sleep also comes to, to the table with this because you need sleep in order to repair and rebuild the muscle that you broke down. And then you know, hormones, of course, play a huge role with sleep, lack of sleep. Uh, it can make you crave bad foods. It could make you feel lethargic in your workout. Um, so it's like you have to take into consideration progressively overloading the muscle, your your intensity that you're working out. Uh, and, and I think that's what I was hoping to touch on with the muscle, but also know that the more advanced you get with lifting, the more painfully slow it's going to get to even gain muscle. And this is why people do steroids because they're like, I'm tired of this. <laughs> like I need more muscle. I'm getting so bored of my stagnancy. But um, yeah, so it's going to get painfully slow, but you have to just enjoy the process and know that if you keep working, as long as you still see the weight going up in your workouts, you're on the right track. And it might, you know, at first you might be seeing strength gains every single week. And then the more advanced you get, it might be once a month. You might get like a, a five-pound gain or a two-pound. It could be very small. But as long as you see that go up, you know that you're still making progress. Yeah, yeah. I think that you touched on everything, especially um, I don't have any experience with, with muscle gain, so I'm still on the weight loss phase, but I hope to get there one day. <laughs> one day after this show. <laughs> I mean, even weight loss phase, you can still uh, make sure you're progressing with the, the progressive overload yes. and making sure you're still you know going up in weight. But we're kind of in this weird thing called COVID where you only have a set amount of weights. So that's where it gets shit because you're just like, am I progressing? I don't know. I've been lifted 40 pounds for three months. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like during COVID, I think one of the things, cause I've been injured like three times since we've been out of the gym and I don't know why. <laughs> so like, I think, I think like you can definitely still see progress even, even if you are working out at home. So don't get just don't get discouraged. You can still like switch things up, like do band workouts, use whatever you have at home, use body weight. Like you can still break through your plateau, even if you are at home still like me. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Like 
if you are on a weight loss journey, home workouts are more than enough. You can still make progress. I have absolutely zero doubt. If you're more into the I want to build muscle um, advanced lifter mode, it's going to be painful as fuck. So bodyweight workouts are, of course, you know, an option to keep yourself and try to hold on to as much muscle as possible. But I'm going to be 100% real with you. You are not going to gain muscle <laughs> Uh, as an advanced lifter with body weight workouts but I think if you're advanced you probably already know that yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah for sure so is is that it I think we yeah touch on everything (laughs) and more yeah in full circle too (laughs) go us we're the best (laughs) we want to thank everyone for you know if you've come this far um you can always follow us on the MindHub podcast uh, on Instagram. Let us know if you have any topics or even if you want us to interview someone, you know, we're open to whatever. Let us know if you guys could leave a um, review on Apple Podcasts. That would be great, again, because that's how yes. we get our um, podcast out to other people. Yes, please let us know topics and like maybe you want us to interview you. Maybe you have been on a weight loss journey or a muscle building journey or whatever. Uh, we would love to talk to you. So let us know. We will see you next week. Bye.